But not all of the help actually helped. Some of it led to more complications and burdens. In an article, disaster relief expert Juanita Rilling said, Generally, after a disaster, people with loving intentions donate things that cannot be used in a disaster response and, in fact, may actually be harmful. For instance, she continued, people have donated prom gowns and wigs and tiger costumes and pumpkins and frostbite cream to Rwanda and used tea bags because you can always get another cup of tea. Are good intentions good? If the husband says to his wife, I was going to buy you some roses for Valentine's, but I got a little sidetracked, so I forgot. Are good intentions good enough? Does the thought count? You planned to call your parents on Tuesday because Tuesday was their anniversary. Sunday has arrived, and the phone call still has not been made. Are good intentions good enough? Well, today I would like to speak to you about a fourth roadblock a fourth roadblock to generosity. Today is our final message in the series, Pursuing a Generous Lifestyle. And today we look at roadblock number four. The fourth roadblock to generosity is good intentions. The passage that we're looking at together this morning is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And so I invite you to take your Bible and join me in the 8th chapter of 2 Corinthians. Uh, We're going to look at uh, just a few of the verses, but uh, in order to kind of give you a feel for the story and why this was written, uh, we're going to begin in verse 1 of chapter 8. In this particular passage, uh, Paul is encouraging the believers at the Corinthian church to be generous, to be givers. In fact, the Corinthian believers are eager. They want to give. But at this time and this this moment, their desire, their eagerness is only good intentions. Follow along as I read. And now, brothers... We want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. And they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's will. So we urge Titus 
since he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. And here is my advice about what is best for you in this matter. Last year, you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. Now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what he does not have. Here ends the reading of God's Word. Roadblock number four to practicing a generous lifestyle is good intentions. From this passage this morning, I'd like to share with you three observations regarding good intentions and why good intentions are not necessarily that good. Here's number one, and if you're following along with the outline, you'll find it there on the back of your bulletin. Number one is this, good intentions without follow-through have no value. Good intentions without follow-through have no value. In our passage here in verse 11, Paul encourages the Corinthian believers to follow through with their good intentions. That's what he's saying there. So let's look at verse 11. He says, Now finish the work. That's what Paul is saying to the Corinthian believers. You're eager and you're desirous to give. I want you now to finish that work. I want you to follow through so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. Again, the biblical exhortation here that we see in these verses is that we need to follow through with our intentions. Good intentions only take you so far. In fact, I would argue this morning that good intentions don't have any value. The value of your intentions comes through your follow-through. In fact, James, an author in our Bible there, the book of James, he says this, Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, Go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, defined as good intentions, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? You see, good intentions without follow-through 
have no value. Number two, good intentions with follow-through reap eternal rewards. Good intentions with follow-through reap eternal rewards. I'm in Matthew chapter 6. Listen to this passage. It says this, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Good intentions with follow-through reap eternal rewards. Now, the instruction here in Matthew 6 is to don't store up treasures here on earth because they're going to dissolve. But rather, store up for yourself treasures in heaven. So let's ask the question, how does that work then? How, how does that scripture passage work? How, how do you store up treasures in heaven? How do you do that? Let me see if I can explain that to you. Let's say you are making an investment in a child. Let's say uh, you are a participant in Compassion International and uh, you want to support some children. So your monthly giving to this child, to this, this ministry, this organization, to support a child. Because of your investment... This child that you're supporting comes to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And as you continue to give, this child grows and matures, and this child pursues being a doctor. And as a doctor, he saves life. But more than that, he also shares Jesus Where did this all begin? It began when someone such as yourself began to live a lifestyle of generosity by giving to a need. By giving to that need, by supporting that individual, treasure was stored in heaven. Good intentions with follow-up reap eternal rewards. Number three, one's good, one's good intentions and follow-through is not dependent on one's abundance. Let me say that again. One's good intentions and follow-through is not dependent on one's abundance. We're looking at verse 4 here. Excuse me, verse 12. Verse 12 in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Here's what it says. For if, okay, for if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, 
not according to what he does not have. Your good intentions and the following through on those good intentions does not depend on your abundance. You see, many people will think as well as reason that if they had more material possessions or more money, they had more, they would be more generous. That's what they argue, and that's how they think. Or if they say, you know, if I could just win the lottery, you know, or if a rich relative would pass away and just leave me a, a massive inheritance, you know what I would do? I would give it away. I'd be generous. That's how we think. And that's how we reason. But here's the truth. If you're stingy now, you'll be stingy with abundance. Okay? If you're stingy now, you're going to be stingy with abundance. So verse 12 is telling us here that you don't have to have abundance to be generous. You don't have to have a lot of money, a lot of possessions. You can be a person of little means and still be very, very generous. Okay, let me say that once again. You could be a person of little means and you could still be a very, very generous person. Paul says it doesn't depend on abundance when it comes to generosity. Rather, what Paul is saying here in verse 12, he's telling us that generosity is all about an attitude of your heart. Look at verse 12 again there. Notice what it says. For if, see that there? For if the willingness there is there, the gift is acceptable. There's the parable of the, the widow with two mites. Um, two small coins. And in that parable, there's a comparison with a rich Pharisee. God says the rich Pharisee, he gave out of his abundance. It was no big deal. But the widow, who was poor, had two mites. And the two mites grabbed God's heart and impressed him. You see, it's not our abundance. It's our willingness with what we have that puts a smile on God's face. Good intentions often become roadblocks to a generous lifestyle. If you don't follow through, number one, if you don't follow through, your intentions have no value. Secondly, we found out that good intentions with follow through reap eternal rewards. And then lastly, we talked about how good intentions and follow through is not dependent upon abundance. So how do we uh, put this into action? you got to follow through. That's the action step. You follow through. Uh, I talked a little bit with uh, Mike Dahl 
the other day, and I was just kind of curious. I asked him about, you know, uh, follow-through when it comes to basketball. And he says typically they try to spend at least, you know, 10 minutes uh, during practice, each practice, shooting free throws. And, of course, uh, form is very important, but also follow-through. Okay, follow-through, repetition, follow-through. And uh, in addition to this follow-through and correct practice, uh, he says there's something called muscle memory. Muscle memory is involved. So through your practice and through the follow-through, um, your body makes that adjustment. It senses when you've evidently given enough, enough oomph to put it into the, into the basket. Well, anyhow, as I thought about that, um, that, that's when it comes to being a generous person as well. Uh, number one, you've you got to follow through. But as you practice the discipline of generosity, you become better. You become better. Because uh, this is what we learned in our study with Lonnie on the treasure principle that we had uh, the past four weeks. Uh, the, the author, the lecturer, the person that was on the video said that generosity uh, is, is a muscle that you must exercise and develop, is basically what he's saying. Uh, some people, probably because of giftedness, automatically are very generous. But, but for a lot of others, such as myself, we gotta, we got to pursue it. we got to practice it. Okay? we got to follow through. we got to practice. And that's your challenge when it comes to being a generous person. Don't think about it and try to console yourself. Well, you know, I had this great and wonderful idea. I didn't do it, but yeah, you know, it was a great idea. Good intentions have no value if you have no follow-through. So follow through. And when the intention comes again, follow through. Through. And when that intention comes again, follow through. The repetition, it works wonders when it comes to the free throw line. And follow through will work wonders in your lifestyle of generosity. Let's pray. God, again, thank you for uh, being a generous God. God, you always follow through. Regardless of our situation, regardless of the predicament we find us in, even in our unfaithfulness, Lord, you always follow through. God, we want to be like you.